Let's uh, talk about doctors and of course our doctor shortage. We hear about uh, it often and not too long ago uh, we were hearing from uh, the Premier and the Minister of Health about making sure we can expedite uh, the amount of doctors uh, that get trained and move forward and retrained in some cases if they come from other countries. But the challenges are immense when you think about the fact that, uh, you know, we've taken two, three decades to get into this problem in regards to not having enough doctors. I think it's um, a million British Columbians don't have a family doctor right now. So that's not going to change anytime soon. And we didn't just sort of, it just didn't happen yesterday. Like I said, it's taken three decades to get into this mess. And it's going to take, hopefully, a lot less time to get out of it. But it's going to take time. Uh, One of the things, of course, is is in regards to our doctor shortage, is, of course, residency programs as well. Joining me now is our show contributor, Jerry Mayor Judson. And you folks, you you talked to a doctor today about the issue of residency and just being able to participate in it, even though you, you may be trained somewhere else outside the country. Exactly, I did, yes. He's actually a friend of mine. I uh, met him at the University of Calgary, and so I met him when he was in his undergrad, and now he is just about done his licensing to be an MD in the United States because the uh, the process for this sort of secret third category, you're not a Canadian med student, and you're not an internationally you're not an international med student. Hmm. You're this sort of little in-between. But I'll, uh, I'll play our little chat for you now. Canada needs doctors. It's in the news all the time. Overworked and understaffed emergency rooms, lengthy wait lists for family doctors. So my main question here is, what's the holdup? I spoke to Dr. Eric Elzinga, a Canadian medical resident doing his licensing in the United States, about the factors preventing Canadian medical students from practicing on home turf. The first is obvious. It's hard to get into medical school. You have to have a very high GPA, somewhere in the 4.0 range. And then, of course, once you do that, you interview for med school, and then hopefully you get accepted. What I've personally seen friends of mine who eventually did get accepted into Canadian medical school typically had to do either a year of research at the school where they wanted accepted at under somebody who was on the board who would be like looking over applicants and all of that so you have like that little bit of nepotism there or they'd have to do another degree such as a master's like mass public health or a master's degree in the scientific field of some kind that is of course assuming you still have the high GPA if you're slipped up a little bit more than you should have in uh, undergrad and did not have the most stellar GPA, you have to look elsewhere. So the big three areas that uh, Canadians kind of go towards for international study that I know of are the schools in Australia, schools in the Caribbean, or schools in Ireland. Once you go there, getting back to Canada is fairly difficult because you're not classified as an international medical graduate if you're originally from Canada. You kind of fall in this middle category of foreign trained, a foreign trained student or something like that. I'm trying to remember what their actual uh, term for it is during the application process. But there are limited spots in residency for, in, in Canada at least, for those people. Getting into those programs as well, just with how limited Canada is with its residency spots means that our influx of doctors that we train is not nearly enough to meet uh, demand of what we need just based on things that we're seeing in the news, stuff that I've personally experienced, people that I've talked to that are in the field, it's just there's, there is not enough input to meet the output we require. We would think it would kind of make it easier to get back home as a Canadian that was trained in the U.S. But it's not. 
Or it can be. Dr. Alzinga told me that there are some provinces where the process is easier than others. Ontario, for example, has made it easier for Canadian MDs who have been trained abroad to practice medicine over here. The bottleneck, it seems, is in the Canadian residency positions. There just aren't enough of them. What changes to this whole procedure like would you like to see? Obviously, more, more residency positions. If we could increase the number of residents that were training by increasing the amount of residency programs there are in Canada, that would for sure help alleviate a lot of the medical droughts. As, as residents are still doctors in training, the key word is that they're doctors. They are practitioners. They can prescribe medications. They're actively looking after patients. They're just under the guidance of someone who has been doing it for a decent amount of time. And so it would allow more people to be seen. It would help alleviate the physician, I guess, debt that we have in Canada. It would, it would improve our physicians per capita, which if you look at other even socialized healthcare countries, so they have more physicians per 100,000 people than Canada does. It's really interesting uh, with uh, uh, Mr. Elzinga there. So how much more time does he have in his residency? He just finished, actually the day that we talked, he, he just finished his third round of licensing exams. So I think it should be, ve- he's very, very close. It should be very soon that he is a full, I mean, still he's a practitioner, but just a full, he can do it on his own. And is he planning to stay in the U.S. then? Um, hopefully. We have to do another round of licensing exams to get it back into Canada. That is his end goal, is to practice like back home where all his family is and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it's just uh, less, like, uh, what's the word? More straightforward, I guess, to do it in the States. And there's just more availability. So once he's done there, yeah. he has, but he still has to take another test when he comes to whatever province he's going to. Correct, Mundo. And it's expensive. And you have to schedule that on your own time. And What I find interesting, you know, all these hoops that these folks have to go through, let's say they do want to come back to Canada, Mm -hmm. you know, all along these processes that have been put in front of them or whatever you want to call them, barriers Mm -hmm. um, or hurdles, somewhere along the way, these individuals can just say, you know what, I'm okay now. I'm here. And uh, you know what, I'm going to spend my time in Seattle or in Chicago or Portland or wherever I like living here in the U.S. I'm not going to go back to Canada. Oh, yeah, easily. Lots and lots and lots. Because then it's, yeah, like, well, okay, well, if I find a place that'll take me, if I can even stay at the hospital that I'm at right now, it's a lot. I don't have to spend all this money to take these exams and put myself through that. So absolutely. That's the thing with life is, like I said, if if you have to go through these five hoops to come back to Canada, but you're at number four and you go, you know what, I'm kind of getting liking it here. Uh, I've built a life. Why do I want to come back to Canada? And that's that's how we lose these folks as well. We're very smart, very capable, but we don't make it easy for them. And then, and then you wonder why, after all this time, there are a million British companies, one out of five, that do not have family doctors uh, in our province. It's, it, it, it is... It's not good. It's not right. And with an aging population, it's going to be further exacerbated. So we have to figure out this residency thing. That's for sure. Absolutely. Jerry, thank you. Thank you.